This is the Minecraft Podcast, episode 99. Welcome to the Minecraft Podcast. We're all here. Uh, we have Badge, Paws, Good, and the special Ooh. guest, Seth Bling. Beth Bling. Beth Bling. <laughs> How are you doing, Seth? I'm I'm good. Yeah. I'm yeah. Good. Well, you, recently, you've been working on speedrunning stuff. Well, uh, actually, the last couple of weeks, I haven't really been doing that much of that. Uh, I've been trying to get my computer to speedrun speed run for itself. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, I, I've kind of the last couple of weeks, I've just like, I haven't really been putting out videos or live streaming very much, except for this one slept? thing, which is I'm trying, I'm trying to write software that just by playing Mario, like, learns how to get better at it and, and uh, hopefully beat some levels. It's not really very good, <laughs> but, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot. So. How are you do making, you making progress? So, uh, yeah. So, so, so basically, I've been, like, actually reading, like, uh, academic article or academic papers, that sort of thing, uh, trying to teach myself about evolutionary algorithms and neural networks and these pretty like complicated topics and it kind of reminds me of being in college again <laughs> uh, and so as I implement these more complicated models Mario gets worse until I figure out how to actually uh, make it work and then then he kind of makes progress yeah so how, how do you how do you kind of get the program you're writing to understand what Mario is doing, where he is in the world, and vice versa. So that's that's actually the cool thing about what I'm doing is I'm trying to write software that doesn't really know anything about the game. It's kind of like imagine you close your eyes and started just mashing buttons on the controller, and then that's at the end thought. of that, I told you, uh, I told you, oh, you did pretty well, or you didn't do very well, and you just have to kind of like learn which button mashing makes you get like higher scores from me that's sort of what the software is doing and uh and through like an analogy with actual evolution this causes it to get better and better at actually making more progress in the level and yeah did you does it go ahead well i was gonna i was wondering does it repeat its best score each time and try to improve upon from there or does it start each each iteration completely fresh without re redoing what it did at its highest score um, so yeah, but like it, it actually is a very very close analogy with with evolution, in that you have um, like two solutions that get pretty far in the level, say, and you actually like breed them together. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, uh, wow, you, you kind of like take little bits from each of those solutions and mash them together and hope that it makes a better solution. And then you also do things like mutation, where you like tweak a little part of the strategy and uh, and a lot of the times it just makes Mario either just like stand still and not do anything or fall into the pit that he didn't fall into before. But sometimes that little tweak will make him actually jump over the pit that he wasn't jumping over before, that sort of thing. And and so that increases the fitness of that solution and then that gets spread into future generations more more often and uh and just like it just continually improves. It's pretty cool. I'd read an article a couple months ago about someone that had written something similar to this in Mario uh, a long time ago. Different Mario, like the very first Mario, because you're doing it in Super yeah. Mario. Actually, right? I have a program running right now in both Super Mario World and Super Mario Brothers, the original one. So, okay. Both. Yeah. Their program was supposed to figure out the best way to not lose 
And what the, <laughs> what the computer ended up figuring out after a while of running different iterations was to just pause the game and you'll never lose. Yeah. And yeah. So that's, I remember, that's where they're... There was one like that, that played Tetris too, and it actually just like tried to get really far, and it got you know as far as it could, and then when it figured out it was gonna lose, it would pause. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Cool, my, bro my brother actually wrote, wrote one in college. He's also a, a programmer. He in college he he did something very similar, and it didn't pause, but it learned that like going to the right will just get it killed. So it would just like start going to the right and be like. Jump back left. Like, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> Wait, I've done this before and it got me killed. So, yeah, you have to be you have to be careful about how you write the software so that it has the right incentives to make progress forward. Yeah. Does it know not to get in a loop? Like, go right, jump left. Go right, jump left. <laughs> well, the way it works is if it stops making progress to the right, right. then it just like kills the simulation. Yeah, so. your Mario doesn't move left at all, does it? He's capable of it, but he just learns really fast that by moving left, he, he gets a worse score. So pretty much that behavior just gets evolved out. Is, but there's is there a trigger? It, it actually doesn't know which button does what. Like, it doesn't know that pressing the right button moves it to the right. It just has to learn that it gets a higher score by pressing the right button. So, Is there a trigger at the end that says level's over? Or will um, it just not progress and, so and die? I've only seen it beat... Well, I, I've tried a few different levels... The most difficult of the levels, actually, in Super Mario Brothers one, he hasn't ever beat the first level. So really, it's really that important. Yeah, it's it turns out that it's just hard. It's hard to learn about Mario without being able to reason spatially, which is something is it's hard to just like learn on on your own. Uh, so like getting over a pipe, for instance, if you just jump. You're not necessarily going to get over the pipe. You actually have to hold down the jump button while you're holding right. And sometimes you have to build up speed before you do that. And so sometimes in order to learn how to get over a pipe, you just have to try a lot of different things at once at the same time in order to actually even get over it. And, and also with like stairs, sometimes he'll get stuck in the corner of one of the stairs. And if he's not moving, he's not getting different inputs. And, and so you just, it, sometimes it's just really hard to make forward progress without trying something really different from what you're currently trying. So Mario 1, for some reason, just has a lot of those things. And you're not, like, you're not keeping the level, like, layout in memory or anything from each time it does it, right? So, like, a hole, it could fall in that hole. Like, it could just be jumping and fall into a hole over and over yeah. again, right? He, 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 so Mario gets to, like, see the area immediately around him. That's all that he, that's all he gets to use to make decisions. Okay, so um, it, do, it does know to jump over a hole. Yeah, it, it can learn that. It doesn't know yeah. inherently that it should do it. Yeah. Right. Okay. If there was a game, if there was a game where you like would warp forward in the level by falling in pits, then it would learn to go in the pits. I see. Right. Okay. So, right. So the same the same uh, algorithm you're using to determine what to do can be used in other games. Right. Yeah. That's actually right. my goal here is to write something that can just be used with any game. Right. Okay. Cool. That'd be cool. That is really neat. So let's move on. Thanks, Seth, for letting us know about that. Uh, to some stories that we found this week. That we thought were interesting. <laughs> Not breaking news. <laughs> really old news. But, uh, you know, pretty recent. Yeah. Semi recent news. <laughs> Start with you, Goon. Uh Okay, I just thought this was interesting. Rosetta Stone is making a game to let you learn the. the so it's the same thing as, as Rosetta Stone, as you already know, the language software that helps you learn other languages. But they've decided that the best way to learn these other languages is to put you into scenarios in the real world 
well, in, in a game in the real world. So you're virtually in Spain now, and you're learning Spanish. Well, Spanish. Um, Spanish? <laughs> I don't think that's how it's pronounced. But we'll No, I've been to Spain. They actually call it Spanish. Definitely. Is, it, is it like Carmen San Diego, whatever it's called? Well, I don't think Where? you're looking for a woman in a red hat. <laughs> Carmen um, San Diego. You gotta ask her in Spanish. You have to learn Spanish. And <laughs> looking to figure it out. Rosetta. <laughs> Uh, but I pray it's only coming to Xbox One, so it's only an Xbox thing. But I just thought that was interesting. I think it would be cool to have, like, uh, with the VR technology eventually, too, you could, uh, I don't know. I, th I think it's Virtually cool. be in a cab trying to, like, get directions. Or <laughs> and you die because you tell them the wrong thing. <laughs> be glad this is in the real world. Learn the language before you go on your trip. <laughs> Dude, that would just, like, cause people to be, like, fearful of traveling then. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I played this game where I fucking died because I told <laughs> I didn't want to go to that. I'm just yeah, so I wonder scenarios. I kind of wonder if this is like more just like the actual Ros Rosetta Stone software, or if it's actually more like a game. Because can you imagine if instead of a generation addicted to World of Warcraft, we had a generation addicted to the Rosetta Stone game and like addicted to learning languages, that sort of thing. That would be like, amazing, right? But it, that, would, that would mean it would have to be like a really like a good game, too. So. Right. It's funny. Well, I, I mean, there... Go ahead, Sorry, Josh. Oh, well, no, I was uh, going to say, there, there is a precedent for, for you know, using gameplay. Uh, right, as there is a, a president. President. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Uh, for using gameplay to, to, to learn things. I mean, even Minecraft and stuff like that. So there is a potential for that, anyway. Yeah, oh, I remember like in school that that Math Blasters game that Dude, everyone math played Blast. Math Blasters, right? So. How old are you that you were able to see Math Blasters? Shut up! <laughs> I remember <laughs> Math Blasters. Yeah, but that was our generation of yeah, Math Blasters. Yeah, it's true. Um, there is actually a game right now that uh, you I actually saw at GDC last year called Influent, um, where. The idea is that there's like the, this, you know, this guy created this tool that it will translate anything and it gets stolen and he has to go and like find it. Um, but uh, it starts you off in, in, in a uh, apartment and all the things in the apartment are, you know, in the database. So I could go up to shoe and learn it in Spanish. And it, it has some back end where it'll say it, it'll do it, it'll have like a descriptor. And then there's tests along the way. Um, so this game, Influent, is like basically doing exactly like that. It's right. much more of like a wrapper on a really cool technology instead of a game first that also helps you learn <laughs> yeah. language, if that makes any sense. All you um, said was rapper, and I, I, all I imagine is you learning how to rap in Spanish. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Once some quesarita. I only know Spanish food. Quesarita? Quesarita. Quesarita. Something up. I was making something from from Taco Bell because that's the extent of my Spanish <laughs> knowledge. Oh, it's, like, it's like a quesadilla so slash burrito. Right. From Taco. Okay. Right. I don't. Would you, I mean? How much time do you think you could devote to to learning a new? You know. It, it language depends on how in the game. I guess it would depend on how. Good know. it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like the game has to be fun, really right? intriguing. I don't know? see yeah. how you could make a super intriguing <laughs> game like that. Like what you were just talking about sounds kind of cool. Like it's almost it's like a spy game or something. You yeah, know, it's where interesting. It... I'll say like 
I think a lot of people have learned about like logic and and like low level like computer systems from Minecraft Redstone. Redstone. That's a good point. So yeah, I can see how it's possible, and it just like hooks you in, makes you want to learn more so that you can you know do more. Yeah, I, I can kind of see, but translating that to language, I know it's like I think of games like CS:GO <laughs> or whatever. It's like <laughs> how, how do you make that bilingual? I don't what think you can. Game? No, I know, I know, but it's like it was, it was some some zombie survival game. I don't remember who linked it, but you had to instead of fighting the zombies, you had to type the word on the screen really fast. It oh, was a typing yes, instructor game. Yeah, typing oh, and there's the a dead. typing of the dead. Is that what it was called? There's like a rock so. climbing one, isn't there? Where you or that's more like quap. Never mind. That's not. Yeah, the typing of the dead overkill. <laughs> yeah, I did a yeah. video series on it. It was pretty fun. Did you? oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I was pretty bad at typing. But <laughs> it's still pretty pretty funny. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay, so let's move on to do 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 badge. <laughs> Spin the wheel, who gets it? Uh, yeah, so this is not particularly game-related, um, and it's a shame Beef's not here, because he probably has something to say on this. Um, but this afternoon, uh, the BBC have uh, confirmed that they are not renewing Jeremy Clarkson's contract, which means Top Gear is pretty much dead. Um, and it is the biggest programme that the BBC make, um, and it's exported some ludicrous amount of uh, countries around the world. Um, interesting that they're not going to stop the show. Well, the How BBC seems to think, like... yeah, they, they seem to think that, oh, they can just continue it. But it seems mm. to be that the other two presenters will not be yeah. staying on. Well, not only I think that, the fans, too. Like, Jeremy yeah. Clark is hugely popular amongst right. everyone. I heard the, that the... he was not, like, let go in a polite way. That he assaulted a... a uh, producer and that well, well that's why he was let go this, right he got his final warning last year he said some racist stuff last year and they gave him his final <sighs> warning they didn't really we don't really know what he said because they never released the video though um, they this is the thing they they did they there's um is it, 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 it dippy dippy you know when you like when you're kids dippy. and you you, you yeah yeah you know, it, 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 oh it, yeah any mini mini mo pick it tiger by his toe Oh, got it. Well, yeah, he he's of that generation where, where when you learnt it, <laughs> it had the N word in it. It had the N word in it, um, and he there, there's footage of him saying it, and he gets to that point, and he almost sort of half does the N, and then the brain kicks in and says, "No, that's not right," and he kind of goes, "No, no, no." It it was cut out <laughs> from the uh, program, yeah, so yeah, it, was, yeah, yeah. it was never broadcast. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, apparently that makes him a huge racist. So, yeah, that's a bit questionable. But he's one of those guys that whatever he does, there's going to be a half a group right. of people saying... Right. The yeah, reason that you love him is that he's so blunt yeah. and... Yeah, I don't he's, know. he says a lot of things like yeah, that. He, so, um, yeah, he but he, he did have this argument, apparently. Um, and it sounds, from what you hear, it sounds like it was quite a big sort of blowout um, and ended up smacking this guy who's producer. But they've been working together for 10 years. Um, and... They're probably quite good mates, I would have thought. And yeah, okay, smacking you know a guy you work with is <laughs> right. Is, is an HR no no. I mean, I don't know why. It said he went to the hospital because he had a bust lip. I mean, it seems right. like yeah. that was like, over dramatized, but I it don't does. Know. Say, it yeah, just sounds like you know they had a little, you know. From what I read, and this is 
this is internet blogs exactly was that it was because he was at a restaurant and he got cold cuts instead of a steak no okay that's what they, i read they they had finished shooting for the day they went back to their hotel the mm -hmm. hotel's restaurant was closed for the night so there was not any hot food available for the rest of the night and he was pissed because he wanted yeah. something to eat um so you can appreciate that one <laughs> <laughs> i understand the subject really after a whole day of working and you just i mean yeah, yeah it, it yeah. would suck and uh and it's not i mean and, and it's not his place to make sure that that's available it's someone else's so he was probably talking to the person whose place it was to make sure that the yeah, well the producer's top of the tree isn't he he's he's right, he's right. the one the buck the buck stops at so yeah, he's he's his connection point. He doesn't go and talk to the caterers or anything. He talks right. to the guy. Yeah. I can understand being furious, but I don't I don't think it's like worth <laughs> I don't think punching it's someone right. Again, yeah. you know, yeah, they're, no. they're close mates that have worked together for years. You know, they they've got a, obviously got a repartee going and, and they can talk to each other a bit more a bit less formally, you know. And they, they probably had a bit of a, a slagging match and you know, they know how to wind each other up and, and he let go. And okay, yeah, you shouldn't do it, but I think uh, James May says, you know, it, it's it's something that was quite simple that should have been dealt with in house quietly and not made public, and you know, deal with it. But yeah. well, they no, seem to blow it all out of proportion. And... It's always possible. There's other stuff we're not hearing. Yeah, about. I'm sure there probably is. And... Did there, did you see on the top of our videos there was uh, James May reacting to it, uh, yeah. and the last line was just so amazing he goes even <laughs> though even though i think jeremy clark clarkson is a huge knob i i respect working with him or god i forgot what was he saying yeah, <laughs> pretty much along those lines like, yeah, it, it does sound a bit, like a few hours ago after they announced it james may did say that they are a group so they yeah. will be working together as a group right I, I don't think you can replace him and keep the other two the that chemistry of them all together is not going to work i don't think yeah um, right who were they talking about? They were talking about that. What's her name? The supermodel, uh, Jodie Kidd. They were talking about maybe having her in instead, but because she's well into her cars, hmm. so it's, it's never going to work. And get so managed beef. Get managed beef. <laughs> so that get me. Managed um, <laughs> beef and badge. Managed beef and badge. Yeah, so they'll probably go off, and then someone will offer them a shit ton of money to go. And, yeah. yeah, I can imagine. I can see them going to Netflix really easily, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, that's um, a good point. Because I suspect a lot of the production crew are, you know, self-employed contract people anyway. I doubt they're actually BBC employees. Mm. Probably what the hell are they called, though? But someone Bob said Bob Franks. Because there is a fifth gear that was on Channel 5, so... But, uh... Reverse. I wonder how how, uh, how long it'll take for BBC to regret this decision because, like I, you said, yeah. they made a bunch of money. I mean, it might it might not have been a decision that they wanted to make. If he yeah. assaulted another employee, that's a legal issue, and they have oh, yeah. their hand is forced basically. I mean, also BBC is a subsidiary of the government. I mean, man, so it's an independent thing, but it's. <sighs> I don't it's, think they're, they're literally forced by law to remove him. I think, I think they, they have the power to make the decisions. Um, and I'm sure... But the trouble is, you see, it's not just him that loses his job. It's the entire team. Right. It's not right. the three... It, it's, it's the people that make it. It's that big, long list you see at the end. They've all lost their job now. Right. Um, because of this. So, yeah. Yeah. I hope he feels like a proper douche. <laughs> Which one? I wonder if Beef is crying right now. 
Because I know that was his favorite show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm sure it'll be back in some form or another, just on a different channel. Yeah. Netflix is a great idea. I mean, they would jump all over this. Yeah, right. I was surprised Netflix turned down Seinfeld. This is completely unrelated, but anyway. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they said they didn't want Seinfeld on, on Netflix. Is that Why? because of yeah, Seinfeld? Yeah, it could have been so much. Yeah, money. yeah, yeah. I have no idea how much money it was or whatever, but they passed on the deal. So other people are going are we, are we talking about, like about Amazon. And stuff like new episodes of Seinfeld? No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Oh God, no. That would have been crazy, <laughs> insane. Wait, did Netflix Seinfeld. turn them down? Oh, they or did like Jerry Seinfeld turn them down? Because no, I know no, Netflix turned them down. Oh, yeah, no, okay. no, Netflix turned them down. They passed on the deal. That's right. kind of silly, right? Yet they have Full House. Like, come on, get your head of the game, Netflix. They probably got a Full House for like pennies, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hate who's, that show. who's yeah? Yeah. Didn't you know they they would like be on any show ever? They were like, "Do you have a camera?" Yeah, we'll make an appearance. We'll be on there. <laughs> um, pause. What do you got for us? Uh, got some antihistamines. I Perfect. Take oh, nice. No, yeah. but uh, apparently, YouTube is gonna be relaunching their live system. Their live system. Their live streaming si like service, and they're gonna try and focus it up more on, like the esports and gaming, which is kind of like. Duh. I, don't, I think they're a bit too late in this yeah. one because oh, like Twitch has been around late. for four years. Plus, they already had their live stream system. And let's face it, did I like the only person that I've known who actually used the the YouTube live stream was you, Seth. Yeah. And what was your opinion? Like, cause, well, because I know for for like a long time you're kind of like avoiding going like signing a contract with Twitch, but then you yeah. you kind of made the decision yeah. to. Yeah, so for about a year, uh, whenever I would stream, I would stream to both YouTube and Twitch. A lot of my uh, speedrunning stuff was on there, and a lot of Minecraft stuff was on there. Uh, and, and sort of my reasoning was, if I stream to YouTube, then everybody who is subscribed to me will get to see it in their subscriber feed, the same feed that they see my videos on. And so it's, it's a good way to get my existing viewership to watch my live streams. But the problem with streaming to YouTube is that it's absolutely terrible. <laughs> uh, not not the video quality. The video quality is actually great. I think it's maybe even a little bit better than Twitch. But well, there is more delay though. But it was restrictive, wasn't it? What do you mean? Didn't you have to, didn't you have to like plan the time it was going to go start? Uh, and if you missed that, you know, it was a okay. The UI is really terrible. It makes it yeah. look like you have to, but you don't ah. really have to. But you kind of have to. <laughs> the UI <laughs> is terrible, and I assume they're going to work on that. But. Uh, but what's what's actually the, the worst about it is just it's impossible to moderate the chat on on YouTube. Uh, you like can't time people out. You can only ban them. Um, it's like it's pretty hard to assign moderators. You have to like go into your con like editing console and like yeah, don't figure you have to out go to their your page? Google account. Yeah, and you have to go to your page and then add like a, a con like a a certain type of partner to your channel. Yeah, it's something like that. Honestly, I've tried to ban people, and I don't even know if it worked. Like, <laughs> I've heard that when you ban people in the chat, it bans them from your YouTube channel, period, too. So it's like, you don't necessarily want that. You want them to stop yeah, being an asshole you, here, but not permanently go away type of thing. Yeah, it, so they just it was just a very basic system. And as a result, I eventually just decided... And, and the other problem is, this is not... A, I mean, the other problem is there's this, there's this culture on Twitch... 
that where people like kind of self-regulate a little bit and it doesn't always self-regulate but it usually ends up with something that's like manageable whereas on YouTube there was just no culture uh, for that and so people didn't know how to behave <laughs> in live stream they the would just culture. spam as much as they could and um, so I just ended up turning off the comments or the well comments slash chat on YouTube and I just made the description of my YouTube live stream go over to Twitch if you want to chat um, so I, I assume that's stuff they're going to be working on with the with the relaunch. But the reason that I, um, so like, uh, the, the reason that I think it's too late for the, for them to do this is that most you most big Twitch partners have signed a contract that basically say you can't stream to both YouTube and Twitch at the same time. Yeah. And and that was actually what prevented me from getting a subscribe button for that that year was. I thought it, there was enough value in streaming to YouTube and getting those viewership from YouTube that I didn't want to sign the contract saying I couldn't stream to YouTube. But, but I still obviously wanted the chat from Twitch and every, all the other stuff from Twitch. And I eventually just realized, hey, if I just post a video saying, yeah, I'm going live on Twitch, that's what most streamers do. Just yeah. post the YouTube video. It was good enough. I, got, I would get most people who wanted to see it over to my Twitch channel. And so I just signed the contract and... So in order for YouTube to actually get people onto their new, their relaunched, I don't know, really know what that means, live streaming service, they're going to have to beat Twitch really hard at its own game. They're going to have to have features and revenue and just everything is going to have to be better because currently people have to, most big streamers have to choose one or the other. And we we've we've talked about this before in other things like like uh, Minecraft type games where if you're going to give the same thing, you have to give more of the same thing. And, yeah. Right? And yeah, you need to you need to bring them away from what they're used to. And uh, you're right. That's and I, and I think if like YouTube brings in something huge, that Twitch will try and adapt to that because they're not going to want to lose anyone, no. right? But I mean, right. there 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 are some interesting thoughts to it because like one thing that I do love about like the YouTube live stream. Is it's kind of like a PVR where if you need to go somewhere, you just pause it and then yeah. you go you come back. It'll start out where you left, and that's something that I think Twitch really needs to implement as well. Uh, another thing is is YouTube is a little bit more lenient in terms of like eighteen plus content. So obviously you might have like a little bit more. It still blows my mind. I don't know, like more obscure things than what you would see on Twitch, right? Right. One of the things I think that YouTube is missing out completely when you compare it to Twitch is the community aspect. Um, let's just forget about live streaming completely for a moment here and let's talk about YouTube and gaming. And I don't think any of us can really say that we've ever felt like YouTube has really understood the gaming scene uh, on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and I'll just use PAX East as an example. Both Twitch and YouTube had a booth at PAX East. Uh, YouTube was featuring YouTubers at their game. East, and we all went and looked at their booth, and none of us knew who any of these people were except for Zombie Unicorn. Um, then we went down the list of them, checked their channels on, you know, on Social Blade and YouTube and stuff, and saw that these people are much smaller in terms of subscribers and views than all of us. And we're like, how did YouTube reach out to these people? So then I went and talked to the employee there at the booth and asked them directly, well, how did you guys pick these people? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm just an engineer at YouTube. I don't know how any of this stuff works. <laughs> And um, so I said, well, do you Best guys actually response. have a gaming department? And he said, well, most of our gaming people uh, at, at YouTube have other jobs and they're also assigned because they understand gaming. So it almost feels like YouTube doesn't really even have a managed gaming department. And maybe that's all going to change if they're going to focus their live streaming service on gaming. It's, I end it's up giving... Just, Go ahead. It's like, sorry, I was just saying, it's a very strange way of looking at it when some of the biggest people on YouTube are gamers. The PewDiePie's and the, the Stampies. the biggest by far, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's one thing I've never understood. They don't because, have like, any people. Like, YouTube has never had a dedicated team of people reaching out to their creators. In <laughs> contrast to Twitch, I, where yeah. even when I was a <clears throat> small streamer, I knew who I could talk to. I had a, people on Skype that I could message if I had issues with my Twitch stuff. Like, I think they, you... Yeah, I think YouTube's philosophy has always just been build it and they will come. And it's it's worked for videos pretty well. I mean, it, it's just it's like the it's only video site that it, like works. Right. <laughs> uh, and it works some of the time. Anyway. I think the problem with that is it, it, it is so big now that with, with the Google name behind it, that it's, it's almost a futile effort to try and compete. Um, I mean, to, to raise the money you'd need just to build the server structure, just to you know, compete with them. You'd never get the financing because Google is so Google. And I think right. that's that's why they get to run around and do what the hell they like. Uh, oh, I don't think. I th but what I think is going to bother them is when they try to do the streaming service and they don't see a huge push. I mean, people from leaving Twitch to come to them. Maybe then they'll realize. I don't know. I gave my card to the engineer guy there, and he gave it to someone at YouTube, and they contacted me, and they basically told me, we don't really have a gaming department, but if you have gaming-related questions, I can help you. So, Right. And like silly. I've been sending tweets uh, to a, a guy who says, you know, who's head of gaming at YouTube. We haven't met yet, but we tweet back and forth. Mm -hmm. and I think like what Chad said is like what would make a big difference is with Twitch employees, you can talk with someone and get like an immediate response. Whereas YouTube, you're not even guaranteed a response if you have a question because like there's no way to you're ask talking it. to robots on right. on YouTube. That's that, that's basically it. Like I don't know, YouTube really needs to step their game up if if they want this to be successful. So I right. think it's super smart that they are focusing on gaming and esports because I think that we have found that the best like in order to do a live stream, you need some sort of content, and you also so far have been really tied to your computer. So if you're gonna be at your computer doing a live stream, gaming just makes sense. And for it to be anything other than that, it would have to be some highly produced thing with multiple cameras, either that or just like an extended vlog or a podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, those are kind of the only live stream things that could happen, really. Yeah. I don't know, cause like I'm, I'm taking a look at like youtube.com slash live right now. There's no one really watching anything. There's like the Southwest Florida Eagle Cam that has like 3,000 people watching. But then, like, you go to Twitch, like, their biggest streamer, like, Lyric is one of them. He always has like 20 plus K people watching, like, at right. a time. So, and like, I think what Seth said is, you know, I think it might be a little bit too late because these, be these big guys, they already signed contracts saying that they're not going to be live streaming at a any competitive website. So, yeah. I mean, they've yeah. got. They've got some muscle behind them, and they could, they could push it. God, that that live thing is all Russians. Yeah, it's like Russians. Yeah, like their their biggest live. Oh, stream there's nothing one. wrong with being Russian, but it's just. <laughs> there's a League of Legends live stream going on right now with eight thousand people watching. But then, yeah. like, if you go over to Twitch, like, like let's say their biggest bring... stream right now is fifty-eight thousand people. Second, of that I just is don't know what they're. Bring to the table that would make people want to use that service over Twitch. Like even at like even myself, I haven't signed a contract with anyone because I can't stream, but I will be able to eventually. And I still think I would just automatically go with Twitch. I mean, I know I've I know too many people in that company at this point to ever 
want to go anywhere else, right. even though I've been doing YouTube for so long. You know, it's just weird. I think it's going to take years. If it does happen, I think it's just going to take years. Because I think, yeah, I think that commu the, like community buildup is the biggest thing. Just having those relationships between people, not just between streamers, between uh, just viewers who see what goes on in streams, can go from one stream to another and kind of expect how to behave, what what they should expect from the streamer, that sort of thing. It's just this culture is built up and it's going to have to build up on YouTube before it's even remotely viable. And that's just going to take time, a lot of time. Yeah. Cool, let's move on to Seth. <coughs> that's me. So, alright, my, uh, my thing is uh, Nintendo takes down tool-assisted speedrun videos and ROM hacked games on Nico Video. So Nico Video, if you're unfamiliar, is basically Japan's equivalent to YouTube. Uh, they don't they they don't do YouTube as much over there. The, Nico Video is where all the Japanese people post their videos, um, and and uh, a lot of the speedrunning community for Nintendo games is in Japan. Uh, Tools just speedruns as well, and so Nintendo, we've seen them do this kind of thing before. They, they've started uh, taking down YouTube videos or trying to get their cut of the pie from YouTube videos for their games. Now they're just taking down videos for, uh, for, for, for some tool-assisted speedruns and uh, tool-assisted speedruns of ROM hacks on Nico video. I think you know, Nintendo's a Japanese company, so they probably have a little bit more influence over there, and Nico video is also a much smaller entity. So, uh, yeah. Why are they doing that? Yeah, that's the question, isn't it? I, I, I have a feeling there's just... <laughs> yeah, Nintendo being Nintendo. It seems like... It seems, here's what it... I saw this theory that Nintendo just, like, has a, a legal firm that works for them. And this legal firm just, like, pursues aggressively anything they can so they can come back to Nintendo and say, Look, here's all the things we did. We took down this many videos. Shouldn't you pay us a lot? Like... That's, huh. I, I just like it's got to be something like that because well they they should also be paying a PR firm that then goes and says look at what the hell your legal firm did and look at the negative PR it's created yeah. give us a bunch of money to try to fix this maybe that's maybe everyone's yeah. making a ton of money like, I don't know <laughs> but, I mean it's it's like video the videos are Super Mario World or ROM hacks for Super Mario World it's not like they're selling more copies of Super Mario World right, right, now. right. and when they are. It's from Virtual Console, and I don't think that watching a video about a tool-assisted speedrun, which is not something that's accessible to most people, when you watch that video, you, you don't say, oh, well, I've already seen this Super Mario World ROM hack. Now I'm not going to go buy Super Mario World on the Virtual Console. I, if I, anything, I think, it gets people yeah. to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that game. I should go buy that. And Yeah, go check that out. Maybe I might try and programming it myself, learn programming. It, it's, it's a positive, I'm sure. And then there's there's also the Mar what is it called Mario Maker, is that the the new one? Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe they think it's like competing with Mario Maker or something. The people are going to see this and be like, oh, I should download this ROM hacking tool instead of Mario Maker or something. I don't know. It 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 just seems yeah. It doesn't make much sense from a like PR perspective. So I can just only think that it's it's got to be somebody who isn't involved in PR making this sort of decision. Right. Do you think it's going to affect you in any way at any point in time? It's unclear, actually. Question. Uh, so they, they have this program on YouTube that they're kicking off. There's a beta version of it now where you can register videos to, um, to basically share half of the revenue with Nintendo. 
And otherwise, I guess the idea is they're just going to like take down your video. Uh, I haven't. I mean, I, I'm a, a like special kind of partner on YouTube. I think mo all of us are, uh, and and they can't just directly take down our videos. It's it's, it's a little complicated, but uh, I haven't really had to deal with it yet. I've I've been talking with my YouTube network to see what I should be doing, and it's just a little it's a little unclear what is going to happen going forward. Uh, it looks like Nintendo is going to try and push really hard to just like take half of everyone's revenue from their videos, but the way that they're doing it is just totally nonsensical because in order to get in order to register a video in their program you upload the video unlisted wait for them to say this video is okay and then you can make it public and those of us who are content creators know that doesn't work at all because the yeah. moment you upload a video unlisted that's the moment that it it's sort of becomes like published in YouTube's eyes and so when you make it public later it'll show up on subscriber feeds as if it was like a three-day-old video it's not gonna no one's gonna see it unless they're only subscribed to you it, it just makes zero sense no nobody at Nintendo must understand what they're doing it, yeah it's it's terrible well the other <laughs> thing that's so. weird I was reading into this program and you can either you can either register your entire channel or single videos. Um, so if it's single videos, that's one thing. But if you register your entire channel, you're only allowed to upload content that is approved by Nintendo. You can't upload any other videos to that channel. Right. So you couldn't put up a vlog. You couldn't put up, uh, you know, you play in Minecraft. That wouldn't be allowed on that channel. It can only be content. And it even says if you have other videos on your channel that, that do not fit into these list of games, you have to remove them before submitting your channel even. So you may not even get approved. Um, so draconian. It's so ridiculous. It is a bit insane. And then and you I've even heard, think of... Uh, I've heard the single, the single submission videos are taking months to be approved because they're so overwhelmed. So like yeah. you're saying, you got an unlisted video for six weeks or whatever. Uh, so yeah. And then even you think of it, even if this was like acceptable, like they responded you know, within an hour and everything, you think of like Total Biscuit and the backlash that he gets, or that, not not that he gets, but that the companies get when they try and, you know, control the kind of content, the review content that he's putting on his channel. Mm -hmm. Like, how does how does Nintendo expect not to receive a similar sort of backlash? Yeah. I mean, they already sort of have uh, in, in a lot of ways. I've seen a lot of stuff on the internet about just people not, not respecting Nintendo's policy on this at all. I mean, it definitely puts a sour taste in my mouth in regards to just how I feel about Nintendo. Like, I went from really loving Nintendo to kind of side-eyeing Nintendo um, just because of all this. It doesn't yeah. make you want to support them, does it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. That's unfortunate, because it's such a big part of all of our childhoods, really, you know? Nintendo. But, yeah. Well. Well, I mean, so was Sega. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> Okay, so I will take up the reins. Uh, my story is about the Tesla Model S getting a new autopilot mode in a few months. Um, see this. This is really cool. So uh, what is neat about this is the this is the Tesla Model S that's already out. Consumers already own it. You could have bought it a few years ago, and with a software update, it's going to include uh, a, a self-driving sort of mode now hmm. before everyone freaks out and thinks robotic cars are going to be everywhere this is only for highway driving so it won't deal with neighborhoods or like small city streets or anything like that it's basically like a really smart cruise control that will keep mm -hmm. you in your lane will not yeah as far as i understand it, it's a white line detector isn't right it? right it's it's pretty basic 
but it's the first step in getting like self-driving cars on the road and it's just crazy to me that a software update to a car will allow <laughs> this auto driving like autopilot mode basically my, my question is is it legal in all states because i know that like google has ran into trouble with their self-driving car and it's being regulated in some states where it's not even allowed to exist well, and stuff google i think the difference is there is a driver behind the wheel that can take control I think right. that's what Google's facing resistance against is dr actual driverless cars. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't personally for me, I'm like I'm a big fan of both electric cars and also automated navigation and automated um well automated cars. Like uh, I, I I have an O one Toyota Camry. My car is, is very old and but it's reliable, it's gonna last me a while. When that car dies, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get an electric car. And, and so I've just been interested in that. But also, man, I think it's going to just change the road so much when the cars can drive themselves, which is coming. Oh, the yeah, other day I like was... A, sorry. Go ahead. I was just yeah, going no, to make a small, a small point quickly. Um, your O1 Camry is yeah. ecologically better than going out and buying a new electric car currently. Oh, because, it's not why. <laughs> no, I know. But I know it's not. But, but people go, oh, you should get rid of your old car and get a new one. But the amount of, you know... Um, stuff it takes to make all the steel to the aluminium the plastics and everything to build that car especially a new one with batteries and all the chemicals involved in that is so huge that using yours for a longer period of time makes that more yeah right or sense. going out and buying a used car is yeah. greener than buying a brand new hybrid the thing yeah. i really love about electric cars is how quiet they're that's actually the most of the reason <laughs> it's like quiet that's when awesome. they stop you can't hear anything i love it yeah, yeah. And when they I start, it's like maybe just a. Mm, <laughs> like, it's really cool. I was trying to figure out the other day why Google was making self-driving cars because Google's an ad delivery company, right? That's what they do for a living. Right. They deliver ads, and I, I guess it's because if it's no, if you're not driving, you can watch stuff that includes ads, and that's sure. where the money. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that. I mean, I'm sure they have other motives too, but. That it just kind of dawned on me that if, if you're not driving, you could be watching ads. Yeah, every every Google self-driving car will come with uh, gigabit uh, internet. Oh, oh yeah, you know, sure. so that you can <laughs> enjoy the internet while. Uh huh. Could you imagine having to wait like thirty seconds to watch an ad before your car starts? <laughs> Skip now. <laughs> well, that's what it's like when you get a Hertz rental car. You get a Hertz rental car, and your navigation system over here that you're paying five bucks a day for it to even exist in your car oh my will gosh. give you an ad before you can program your destination or anything. It's like a one minute ad too. You're sitting there waiting in your car, like I just want to go, but I gotta watch this ad. Wow. I mean, how do you guys feel about ads ad subsidizing real world products like the Kindle? Like the Kindle has an ad on it. You could buy the the ad version for like twenty dollars less. Yeah. It's not worth twenty dollars, right? With hundred dollars left, and less maybe. I mean, like, imagine if there was a. Imagine if Google, because uh, Google's entering into the market for uh, cell service now too. Mm -hmm. Imagine if Google offers a free cell service worldwide, but you just have to watch a lot of ads. Would you? Would you be willing to, to or, take an ad for you? How about this? You don't have to watch a lot of ads, but it is going to track everything you do. Well, they're oh. kind of doing that yeah. right <laughs> i don't like that idea i that they do do that but i, yeah. I still Did don't you like see? that um this is slight, this is slightly off i mean yeah google do that anyway but um there's slightly off topic um somebody has done a i think it's a freedom of information act something um they've got 
the uh, number plate recognition camera data from San Francisco, I think it is, for one month. And it's like 4.8 million photos of, of cars. And with that data, they can run it through you know, a little bit of software that they've written. And it can basically trace where people are going every day just from the cameras. And you can work out where people live from right. photos of their cars because of where, you know. That's crazy. Where they get. Well, like, I started thinking scary. I started thinking about it more whenever I noticed Wes doing this thing called Ingress, which is a Google-made application on your phone that puts little little portals all around. It's like it's like geocaching kind of puts these little portals all around the the world, and you go up to them, you hack them, you attack them, or whatever. But all it's what it's free, and there's not even any ads in this application. And the reason why is because Google is getting tons of information right. about where you're going, what your interests are. If you need to walk from one at. place to another place, which way? How are you going? And is it faster than the That's, other guy who? did it yeah that's the uh that's actually the, the, the what they've said is the reason behind the software is they want to build better footpath data and that's like the best way to do it do you guys remember goog 411 no. goog 411 you could type in 1-800-GOOG-411 i use this all the time it's it's deprecated now it doesn't exist um, but uh, you could call this toll-free number and you would say what you want. So you would say, you know, I need to talk to the uh, Alamo Draft House in South Austin. And it would give you numbers and then connect you. Um, what was funny was it, was it was an 800 number. So on any phone, you could basically make a free call. <laughs> like There was time we registered mm. our phone. Anyway, completely off topic. But that whole system was just so that it could register voice data. And, uh, and same thing with, with Google Voice originally was the tr transcribing of, the, uh, of, of uh, voicemails. And then you would type in what it actually said. I mean, all their software collects data. Goog 411 was amazing, though, because we, we all registered our homes as businesses because you could do that on Google Maps. And so I'd say, like, Star Pancake Factory in Ontario and, like, make a, a free long-distance phone call through Goog 411. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it was amazing. Wow. I mean, there's all these sort of panics about, oh, oh my TV is recording my voice and, and stuff. But does it, does it really matter? I mean... I mean, Google, 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 for instance, on your phone, it, it traces where you are and it uses that anonymous information to plot traffic data. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I don't mind giving up my position, you know, anonymously, assuming it is, um, to have an idea of if, if up the road there's a roadblock. Um, and I think that's I think that's a fair compromise. I think but I think time TV will tell is completely different than the cell phone. Like the TV yes, but, just listens to you. I want to watch motherfucking Caillou. I don't want to hear. I don't want them to hear my comments about Caillou. You know. You don't then, want to watch does, Caillou. It, does it matter? Does it matter? Love Caillou. It does. It does. Like, what if there's like <laughs> personal? Like, I don't know. I find it weird that there are things out there that be could be recorded just from me. Like, I want to have like my own discreet conversation <laughs> with someone else. Why the I fuck do I want anyone? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I think, yeah, I think they, they, time is going to tell whether it matters or not. Yeah. It's there's there's obviously the potential for somebody along the way to to abuse it to use personal information to black people blackmail people or um, who knows maybe maybe that's that's already happening and people you know rogue agents from the NSA are blackmailing people and not even just that but like people who hack into <clears> these <throat> things and can so, listen to you like you know 
it's possible, but but who knows to what extent that actually happens in practice. Maybe it doesn't happen very much in practice, except when it's actually important to use that information, or maybe it is anonymously used most of the time. I think, it, I I think, think, I think this is a totally new area, and, and we're just going to have to wait and see how it pans out. There was somebody on Reddit, I think, who said that they work in a data center that gets audio files from things like that, and they have to um, compare the audio to the output text um, and then correct it if it was wrong. And I'm assuming they do that so that they can make voice recognition technology better. Right. So that is going to serve us in the long run. Yeah, Apple's admitted that it, it hires third parties to listen to Siri data to make sure it's, it's good. So, yeah, I mean, you may be telling Siri about your masturbation habits and some right. guys out there like, transcoding, God, this guy, why does he masturbate so much? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't say good underneath it. And, and, uh, no, and, no, right, right. But someone whose voice is so recognizable, like right. one of us, it's like, that sounds a lot like good. Right. Yeah, you say that, but like three times a day, someone says, "Oh, you sound like this guy," and yeah, this guy sure. sounds like you. And it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not talking about my masturbation habits. <sighs> <sighs> no. Okay. Well, that was an interesting t con uh, topic about uh, Tesla. Model a bit of a tangent. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, let's move on to Ask Crack. Um, right. I gotta move all close so I can read. I got, I got a glasses, but I gotta wait two weeks for my frames to be fitted. I should have went somewhere else. Anyways. Um, Hey, Minecrackers, I was wondering what your stance is on standardized tests for middle school and high school students. Do you believe there should be a change in the way that this is done? I personally believe testing just for the sake of seeing if school's ranking is not necessary, just wasting class time and causing unneeded stress on students. Just curious what you think about this. Baby carrots. Well, first of all, before we start, can somebody explain the standardized testing for high school and middle school because I'm not American? Uh, so basically there's, uh, a few tests that the state, normally it's a state <clears throat> test, uh, for all students and that's how they rank schools. And these, uh, the, what grades you get on these tests are, uh, affect how much the school funding gets, how teachers get paid. So it's not, uh, it doesn't affect your grade. It sometimes well, it does. does. It's sometimes it's how you pass into like from the fifth to sixth grade. You have to pass the tax text or whatever. Um, and you the thing to... is, is that it's for everyone. The, so the 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 normally the criticism is that every student is different, and they have to make a test that can test basically. Like normally, it's watered down. It's it's kind of the well, most you, common. You tier classes, don't you? Normal? Right, we do. Yeah, so you have the remedials up to the advanced. Well, it depends on the school. I mean, sometimes you'll have honor classes, but you won't have an honor school. But other times, yeah. you will have an honor school. Uh, but mostly, the public schools, it's everyone is in school, and you can take honor classes if you want. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if you, if you go to your maths class. You don't have everybody in one math class. You have you have a lower set for for the the slower people and uh, the, the yeah, ones the that standardized, get it. Have... The standardized test is only going to depend on what grade you're in. It doesn't matter what math class you're in. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's that's the thing. So it's yeah. basically the the intent behind these things. I think is mostly to be able to tell like is the school teaching what they're supposed to be right. teaching and incentivize them to teach it better. Yeah. And you need, you need are, to are the students learning that. what they need to learn? Like that's the that's the intent, right? Is 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 how do we uh, one test to figure out where everyone is? Go, uh, but the thing is, is that it, it causes un like schools are complicated systems, and so it causes uh, issues that aren't 
like thought of is that instead of actually teaching subjects, teachers will focus on teaching how to do great on standardized tests. And so they'll focus on standardized test scores and techniques and and they'll focus more on that than they will on the actual subject or, or trying to figure out a hands-on way of learning or whatever. I think, yeah, yeah I think the, the one of the problems with the idea of standardized testing for this purpose is that it can be hard to, to ask questions on a test that really get at did they learn this broad concept? Do they know how to, to reason analytically? It can be really hard to ask that question in a way that's easy to grade consistently and, and all that. So I think that's that's the difficulty. But I also I think the goal is good. If if you know if a school isn't teaching what they need to teach, you need to have some way to figure that out. And I, I don't know if there's a better way to do it than standardized testing. It's it's right. it's hard to like consistently judge two schools. You can't just yeah. have one person say, this school is better than this one, because that same person can't judge every school in the country. I don't know. It's it's a really hard problem. I can't I mean, even he, imagine like yeah. uh, some of the states that are so diverse by districts. Like you got the poor, a very poor district versus a very wealthy district, and you're now comparing these two schools. The, the social constructs that make up these two schools are so drastically different that it's hard to compare them. And taking the same standard test, it's like, well, this school did way better than this one. But, you know, and, and, then, and then that affects the funding too, right? Yeah. So it's, it's almost like it's a losing like a feedback, battle. Feedback yeah. loop, yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, he's, he's saying he, uh, that he doesn't see that it's worth ranking or it's not necessary to rank a school. Um, and... I guess ranking a school is probably not good, but you need, as you say, you need to make sure the school is functioning as a school. Especially when it's like, this is a, st a state mandated thing. Like you can't just decide to go to school. You're forced to go to school yeah. Yeah. and the government is forcing schools to show how good they're doing. Um, it's like, I went to a private school and, and we didn't have to do this sort of thing because it was completely Doesn't different. Matter, yeah. yeah. Um, it wasn't state ran school. Mm -hmm. uh, I, th I think you know, unneeded stress on students is probably pushing pushing it a little bit because yeah. I mean you know students need to do tests regardless, and and the more practice you do on that, the better I think. Uh, people that have come through the school system and out the other side, you, you, that that's a fairly minor right. issue. Wait until you get up the top in. <laughs> I think it's a lot of unneeded stress on the teachers, honestly, because they're not yeah. allowed to really teach. They're more forced to make sure that their students are passing this test and not, like like Seth said, learning critical thinking and things like that that will actually matter in life. I think I think over time, there's the possibility that we can learn how to test for those more abstract concepts, critical thinking and whatever, and logic. And, and maybe we can get to the point where teachers are able to just teach and they can choose how they want to do that best, but it's going to test a more general type of concept. Maybe we'll get to the point where we figure out how to, how to do that better. I don't think it's very good right now. You know, yeah. it might be so that some sort of like artificial intelligence tests every single student. Like that would be cool. Like it tests yeah. for, for, you know, can you do better than Seth Ling's Mario? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, it could tell hesitation or, or, you know, some sort a lot more subtle details about students than a piece of paper and filling in bubbles. Yeah. You know, very interesting. I mean, I we had to do like um, IQ tests and stuff periodically right. through schools to 
obviously work out. I, mean, I don't know how effective they are in working out you know, reasoning, thinking, and stuff like that, but they, they throw them in there occasionally. I think a decent teacher will probably be able to see if a student is particularly good at some sort of logical thinking or something like that. But it's what you do with them. That's the problem, isn't yeah. it? You can't you can't really segregate them out and put them in a, a special logic class. Right. I can't well, remember I like, taking any tests. It's weirding me out. I'm trying to like think of when I took tests. The only thing I ever remember when taking tests is there's always one sick person who's always and it's just like, dude, fuck, <laughs> blow your nose already. Yeah. <laughs> and like you're in a gym full of people just sniffling, it's it's annoying. Yeah. Okay. So this is off topic, but I never learned how to blow my nose as a kid. What? <laughs> What did you do? Honestly, until did, I think your mom did it for you. Graduated college? No, I would just sniffle. Ew! So like, you were that guy. Get that like, stuff you out of your nose. I was that guy. I'm sorry, pause. <laughs> you just blow, I, you prince. <laughs> it's not that difficult. Like, did you ever like feel like, God damn, there's so was much? Was your house there. just it You're just didn't have like that. tissue paper anywhere? Something like, related though is I also. I kind of taught myself how to swim, but no one ever told me to breathe out through your nose. They always said breathe out when you're underwater, but until I took a <laughs> swimming base, swimming class in college, I didn't know how to blow out through my Seth? nose until I was 22. I feel like yeah, you've never your used your Please nose. Like... You know how to wipe your ass, though. <laughs> he might not. I know, right? Like, what else don't you know, Seth? <laughs> I've learned. So, I've learned these things. Sitting or standing, no walking away. You no eat ever... with your mouth? What? Yeah. What? What? I'm just saying. I'm just taking it to the extreme. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Oh wow. What did you use your nose for before? Like, you, you, you weren't breathing out of it. You weren't. <laughs> just there. Away. Can, you, can you ride a bicycle? Parents, I think parents have a role in teaching you how. I just my parents never tried to get me to blow my nose. I, I'll see parents, you know. Holding a tissue up to their kid's nose right. and telling them to blow out, right? I just I never that never happened to me when I was a kid. <laughs> I kind of feel that way about music. My parents never listened to music or had any musical like ta taste. Uh, it's not that they didn't have any musical taste. It's just they didn't listen to music. And I remember going over to like a friend's house, and they and their parents would be like, "Oh, you know, you know, who's playing right now?" They'd quiz them, and they'd be like, "Jimi Hendrix." It's like, okay, great, you know. I never got that, and I felt like I, I. It wasn't until like the iPod started getting big, and all my friends were listening to music at school that I was like, "Oh, I don't is, know anything. I have no clue who any <laughs> band is e ever." Um, while we're on the, while we're on the on couch, that's kind of weird. I never had that either. I mean, I, I, and I never found that like I never looked at that as an issue either. But did your parents like listen to their music in the car? I think so. Yeah, Always. I don't know. Like I or. I just felt like when I got to high yeah. school, I had no concept of well, some people aren't into music or old bands or anything at all. Yeah. I mean, my, I, I'm having a bit of a, a bit of an argument with my mother at the moment because um, it was her birthday the other month, and, and she's one of these people that's very difficult to buy presents for because my parents, both my parents, have no hobbies. Mm -hmm. you know, they don't go and play golf, or they don't, you know, drink, or they don't anything like that. They've got no hobbies at all. And buying presents for people like that, yes. especially after 30 years, is just it's a like, Here's some almonds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's diabetic, so she can't get, can't get a chocolate. Here's, you know, ha so. Have some insulin. <laughs> it's, it's worse for me because, like, I try to think of, like, my dad. I try and buy him, like, Christmas gifts, and he... And I try and ask him, he's like, oh, you don't need to do it. You don't need to buy me anything. And then if we buy him a gift, he's like, oh, you guys shouldn't have done this. It's like, 
Just let me buy you something. Tell yeah. me what you want. There's something nice about graciously accepting a gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was a great uh, answer to standardized tests. Pause, <laughs> uh, you got the next one. Do I? Okay. Hello, my crackers and fellow crackheads. I would like to know what is the biggest disappointment in your online career and have you learned slash better yourself from this experience? Thanks for time and ask Beef to guess some time. God oh, did damn I? it. Dang it, guys. I missed Probably Aiden question. Fisher. Sorry, Ben. Oh, I was like, I don't, this is not the question. It's it's fine. <laughs> sorry. It's sorry. fine. It's fixed. It's oh, fixed. Um, You're moving. I can't bring it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what are we, what are we, what's your biggest disappointment? Anyone have anything? I do. Yeah. Uh, well, it kind of goes back to like the whole live streaming thing. Uh, I was like, I when Twitch first came out, I was really big into it. And then I kind of took a year off. And I feel like Twitch has grown into something a lot bigger during that one year. Mm -hmm. And I could have probably been along with that, and but I'm, I'm getting back into live streaming, obviously. So it's, it's 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 fun getting back into it, but I I honestly do regret taking that that time off from live streaming. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a job where I haven't like broken down and cried at some point, just because it was just too stressful and like too much to handle. <laughs> um. <laughs> I can't really think of like, oh, I can think, but I don't really want to relive. I don't want to tell anyone <laughs> about those experiences. But yeah, there's definitely been like, I, I wouldn't say that there's like one big disappointment. There's been a lot of tiny little disappointments, a lot. And then some larger ones every once in a while. You just um, reminded me of when I got puked on. I was crying to you and Seth and Seth's floor. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crazy night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was not disappointed with that night. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was Good's biggest disappointment. Yeah, but I remember Seth up there trying to program too. I'm on the floor crying. Seth's programming. Seth's like, we're gonna build a vacuum. We're gonna yeah, build a vacuum. Like, a vacuum. I don't know how to deal with this. Heads down. Let's program a fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Uh, mm. yeah. I I don't know. I can't really think of disappointments. I must I must have blocked them out if they happened. And I'm, like I mean. Like, I really I think for just do what I want, and yeah. it just like works out. I don't know. That's how it's gone for me. I think that for a lot of us, there's a lot of like small things that it's like, oh, that video didn't like. I really expected that to become bigger, or uh, mm. you know, th what I said here got misconstrued and was you know a really, oh, okay. you know, like I think that yeah. there's smaller, there's smaller sort of. Stumbling you pretty blocks. much described my entire YouTube. I well, career. and that uh, that stops a lot of YouTubers. Like that's for some people, they throw up their hands and that's that's it. They're done. And I think what sets some of the larger YouTubers apart is that they continue on after those disappointments. Yeah, I guess I've like, I've put, I've definitely experienced that. Um, I've been uh, disappointed that like a type of video didn't well like I've tried doing mini games several times and a lot of the time when I make a mini mini game video it just really doesn't do very well and sometimes I just put them out anyway because I have fun pretty much like I said I just do what I want but uh yeah I guess that that is a source of disappointment when it's like sometimes what you really want to do isn't necessarily what people actually want to watch yeah yeah I mean I I I guess if I started it all over again, I'd probably go out, start off slightly differently. I think um, I, I was too me, um, and I think I pissed off a lot of people at the start, which 
probably has affected the, the way my channel has, has developed and my career in general. But uh, oh look, well, that's pretty. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think dis disappointments is, is difficult because it's it's such a fun thing to do, isn't it? Like the, the, the highlights kind of overrun all the disappointments. Right. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, the meeting up with the guys and the the, the playing games and the having a laugh. It's 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 a good job. Right. Badge, you have the next question? Do I now? Yes. Um, oh, this scrolling thing is still killing me. Uh, hello, Minecrackers and maybe guest. Hi, maybe guest. Uh, Badge is awesome. I'm saying this now so he doesn't have to edit in later. You see, that's, that's there in black and white. It wasn't me. I'm wondering what started... What, I'm wondering why you started YouTube and what are the languages you know? And that's from... I'm trying to work out if that's Awesome Meg. Awesome, awesome Meg. Awesome Meg. Awesome Meg. Or Awesome G. Awesome G, yeah. I think it's Awesome G. It's gotta be. It has to be Awesome G. Yeah. 243. Yeah. Oh, awesome nine. Well, it'd be Oso Meg. Yeah. Oh, oh, so oh, maybe Meg. it's also Meg? Awesome oh, so Meg. Meg. Awesome <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't even answer the question. We should just talk about it. No, okay. Month. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> um... Those are two weird questions. Yeah, we've we've. Why did you start YouTube? And what languages do you know? We can talk about languages a bit earlier. Java. That's what I expected the answers would be. I don't know an actual second language. Yeah. My my brain is not one of those brains that can. I'm a I'm a creative. I'm an arty. I can't do languages at all. I think most of us start YouTube for a hobby, right? Well, I know, I know Chad wanted to be super famous with this crazy guy, 007 or whatever it was. Yeah, crazy dude, 07. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that was still a hobby anyway. Like, I started that by putting up music videos, and it wasn't until, like, a year and a half later that I was like, holy crap, these people are making vlogs, and I adore them. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started, I wanted to make a vlog channel. I think that I had always, I always wanted it to be my job. Like, I, I, from the very beginning, like, I had known a lot of people in the magic industry. And for some reason, I think that those, seeing those people be self-employed and doing that. Oh, my God. Pause, pause is doing magic over there. Um, seeing those self-employed, like, like self-started type of personalities made me think, I can just do what I want to do and I'll, I'll find a, a way to make a living off of it. And that the you like internet entertainment was going to be what I did. I yeah. for one, I didn't even know you could make money off YouTube until I already had like maybe five or ten thousand subscribers. Mm -hmm. I just didn't even know it was a possibility. I was just posting videos uh, to participate in a, in a Reddit community, Minecraft Inventions, and right. just got way better feedback than I thought I was going to get. And it's just like this feedback loop where you get better feedback makes you want to do more videos and better videos and mm. uh, I, I don't know that many people that started off YouTube with the intent of making making it big I think Chad's the only one and even him it's not like you it's know, not yeah I mean it, but yeah. He, he knew he wanted to make it his career I think Chad's the only person I know that even had that thought and I did I was saying with you said that I didn't know you could even get paid or anything and that was back before you you couldn't just easily get partnered you couldn't monetize your videos right away they had to they could only be 15 minutes long until you were partnered yeah. I mean, so, when I started, you couldn't monetize at all. Yeah, that's like, same with me. Yeah, they well, had well, like, well, yeah, no, well, yeah, you you could if you were a partner. Ten minutes, with me, but, but there wasn't even partner. partners. Like I right, remember right. them 
adding partners, and I, it was funny because this guy that like no one watches anymore, it was like Zipster09 or something was his, his thing. He got a partnership and he, was, and he was talking about it and I was just like, holy crap, like, oh man, I really wish that I would have focused more on this YouTube stuff because I might have been partnered. And back then it was like a salary. Like it wasn't even like, oh, they, wow. didn't, they didn't put advertise. It was just, we want you to keep making videos. We're going to give you money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was... Wow, I didn't even know about I, that. I, I think it's crazy how, like, two years later than what we're doing, there's, like, a new era of people who are getting into this business to try and make it a career. Like, whereas, like, like Goode said, a lot of us were just doing this yeah, as yeah. a hobby. You know, well, like, I didn't even do that. I mean, I, I was watching Goode, and he had this competition, and I thought, well, yeah, I want to play on that. He seems like a cool guy, and it'll be fun to chat with him. That's why mm -hmm. I made the video, and... Worst decision life. of your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a mistake. What a mistake. Yeah. Case. I mean, I, yeah, I do get, like, a lot of emails from people, like, oh, like, I want to, like, make, like, I'm just starting a YouTube channel. Like, we should collaborate. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, like, <laughs> like, I want to, like, they, they just have, I, I think a lot of people come in with the assumption that they're just going to be able to make a big thing out of it. And I think that's yeah. a terrible assumption. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've, we've always hard. said don't, don't do. do it with the intention of being famous or being rich. Do it with the intention of enjoying I it. I imagine most of those people just burn out very quickly yeah. because yeah. You, there's just that's it's a disappointing easy. sort of attitude to go in with because yeah. it's it's just you have to be lucky. You have to be insanely lucky to, to, to make it big. Uh, it, it's really, I, like, I, I, I look at some of the Reddits and some people are like, I've been at this for a month and I'm not getting any views. It's like, dude, it doesn't happen overnight, you know? Like, you can't go like like come, you come said, you can't go into that with like the mindset of being big, like right off the get go. It's a lot of work, and I think a lot of people don't really understand that. And even when I started, I didn't realize it was going to be a lot of work because the way I started is I wanted to do it as a hobby, but I was just bored with gaming. I thought maybe talking over would bring some variety to it, and it did. And I never in a million years thought I'd be doing this, so. Right. I didn't think I'd play Minecraft this long because in my first video, I basically said, I've been getting bored with Minecraft because I thought maybe if I had made some videos of it, I'd maybe renew my interest in it. So apparently it renewed my interest for the next five years. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty oh, funny. Man. Okay, Seth. All right. Next question is from Max. Hey, Minecraft. My question to you is this. What game really got you immersed into the world of video gaming? Although I had a Nintendo 64 and GameCube, they didn't immerse me as much as RuneScape did back in 2003. Don't want to hate appreciate, mates. There's a lot of eights in there. Uh, <laughs> that started it all. Thanks for answering the question and keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah, RuneScape, man. I remember RuneScape. That wasn't yeah. where I got started. Uh, but yeah. I did play RuneScape a lot. <laughs> RuneScape was like my first MMO experience. I know. I'm I buying so much iron. <laughs> Dude, I, here's, okay, I got like a really cringeworthy story. So I was playing RuneScape when 9-11 happened. And there's like, not like as it happened, but like it was during that era. Yeah. And uh, there was one time where I think like they said they were going to war in Iraq. And we started like this little, little protest saying, don't go to war, spread peace and all that. And we were just going through World One, of course, to do with that and shit. Like oh. Varrock. Varrock. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was. <laughs> I got my first fishing attack on RuneScape. Someone was like, "You want to play RuneScape 2? Go here!" And I like typed in my username and password and like lost I used to my be account. That kid, dude. Yeah. I hate like I told this story on live stream. And there's like 
me and my friend, we like I was playing and he was playing on his own computer. And we're like, and I, I, I fucking regret this because like I, I looking back at it, I was like a little dickhead. But we were telling the, like people like, hey man, that you want to make lots one. of gold? And they're like, hell yeah. So we're like, all right, come here because I don't want like let anyone else know. And we're like, all right, so here's what you gotta do, okay? To get a lot of gold, all you have to do is change your password to money. And then they would they log off, change their password to money, then we'd steal their loot, throw it on the ground, oh, and just oh, dude, I regret it. I so regret it. Funny. But I was young. I was young. So that is really funny. Terrible. So I am terrible. To answer the question though, uh, like uh, MMOs are actually kind of related to what how I started really getting immersed in the gaming. Uh, before MMOs, we had muds, and my answer I was going to be, yeah, good knows what I'm talking about. Um, so MUDs were like basically text-based MMOs, but they were they were usually a lot smaller than MMOs. Although there were a few that had like thousands of users, um, but yeah, it was just like a text adventure game with other people. And I got really into one called Adventures for Ancient Wisdom, which you know it only had like mm. ten people on at a time or whatever. But uh, but it's just it's, it has it has you know it has that addictive quality that MMOs have, even if there weren't as many people as a normal MMO. And so I got super addicted to it. And that's why I've never, that's why I've never ever played an MMO. Cause I know I'll just get addicted <laughs> to it. Yeah. I, I remember postal muds where you like, you do your moves, write them down on a form and then post them off and then they get down on the computer and then they come back. <laughs> Actually, wow. uh, I, what got me into programming really deep was, um, was writing my own mud too. That was like my first really big programming project on the computer. Yeah, I think that was probably one of my biggest projects too. What's funny about what got me into MUDs is um, I used to be really into IRC. Actually, that was my first big programming project was I wrote my own IRC client. Um, but uh, so it, I, was, it, I was in the IRCs a lot because it was this Magic the Gathering community that I was a big part of on IRC. And I decided it would be really fun if we could play a little game in the IRC chat. So I started making a MUD basically, in IRC, and after I'd spent like a week programming this bear AI, someone was like, why don't you just go play a MUD? And I'm like, what, what's that? I didn't know that this thing already existed, basically. <laughs> and so they were like, it's basically what you're trying to do, but it's already way better and already done over here. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. And so then, then I got into MUD. I just checked. The MUD I used to play on still available. Errant Destiny is what it's called. ADMUD.com. Uh, you know, mine shut down like 10 years ago. <laughs> I, I, whenever I, whenever I, like, what, the reason why I started writing my own mud is because um, uh, whenever they whenever they reset the uh, the world, like everyone was like level eighty, the cap or whatever, and they decided they were going to do a reset. Um, and I've been writing a bunch of little uh, scripts inside of ZMud. Did you ever use ZMud for your mud client? I don't know. I use mud uh, client, but I, I know ZMud. Yeah, that was okay. that was the most popular one. So I've written tons of little like triggers and stuff, and I went really hardcore with it. And I wrote this whole thing to level you from one to to level cap. And uh, me and this other guy, his name was Trevelin, um, we both used it. We would just go to sleep and wake up in the morning, oh, we're 10 levels higher or whatever. Um, well, we got banned from that. But, well, first they didn't ban us. They, they, they made us outlaws in all the cities or whatever. And we were like, yeah, who cares? We're level. Everyone else was like 30 levels below us. So we would just run through the cities killing everyone. We didn't care. Uh, but apparently that, that wasn't good enough either. So one night they knew we were sleeping, basically. They, they killed us and then reset the, the server. So we woke up. We had nothing. Um, and, uh, then we got pissed about that and they ended up banning us. So I decided I was gonna write my own mud basically. And that's, that's my <laughs> mud story. Uh, I tried to get them to sell me their source. They wouldn't do it. And I don't know. Anyways. 
That's uh, not my story. You try. <laughs> you're like, listen, I know I'm an outlaw, but sell me your sword, please. Yeah. Well, yeah, I really wanted. Oh, to, I was like, I just want to play on your world. I could play by myself on your world, maybe. And it would. It wouldn't have worked. It'd have been so boring. But I was. I was convinced that like all I wanted in my life was to play this mud. <laughs> my first big game to get into was uh, Ultima Nine Ascension, and it, was, it wasn't MMO. It was just a single player. But it was like the first game that I had like real good 3D on my computer and it didn't have like loading sc oh God, I just freaking love that game. It also didn't like really box you in that you couldn't go to a certain area. So you could like sort of glitch jump on stuff. Like you could jump on one mountain range and like jump over to a different thing and get into an area that, you, that wasn't unlocked because you could like maneuver your character over there. Um, and you could also like stack items like I would I would like stack cannonballs on top of each other to like jump jump like fences and walls and stuff. Uh, <laughs> All I can see is pyro would prop up right now. Sorry. <laughs> God, I, I freaking love this game. Uh, and I must have like it was the first that and Diablo 2 were the oh, first Diablo two game. games that like I I felt guilty for playing so much that like I didn't go out of my room for like <laughs> like three or four days you know, um, those were definitely the two that really got me into specifically computer game. It wasn't until I got my own computer because we never were great at getting new consoles. Like we got a like a Sega Genesis like five or six years after it came out, um, and so. Once I got my own PC in my room, then I started finding PC games to play, and it was it was all downhill from there. <laughs> it was all it was all ogre then. Um, yeah. Anything else? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, Diablo I... Two was my game that I got way too into. Countless amounts of hours, countless amounts of accounts as well. So. I love that game to bits. The soundtrack. I, I still think to this day that soundtrack to Diablo 2 is like the best soundtrack ever. Love yeah. It. yeah. I, I've mentioned this before, but I, I had um, Donkey Kong on the CBS ColecoVision uh, and I'd get up sort of two hours before school, uh, which is, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that likes my bed. I'm not a morning person. So. Um, you know, I get up really early and go down there and play it for like literally two hours until I had to go to school. And that game had three levels. You had the the, the traditional Donkey Kong, you know, sort of angled thing, and then there was a one with some lifts that went up and down. And I can't even remember what the third one was. And then once you'd done that, you kind of go back to level two, then level one, then level three, and it just just kept going in a loop. But for some reason, you know, eight year old me just absolutely loved it. Did you have burger time when you're ColecoVision? I didn't. I had the Smurfs. Man, um, so good. And you I had, had burger time. Yeah. That was the only game my mom would play. My mom will not play any game in the world <laughs> except for Burger Time. Burger Time. I love Burger Time. Whenever we were at PAX Prime, they had that arcade, that retro arcade room, and they had Burger Time in there, but it was out of order. I was so disappointed. Uh -oh. I was like, oh, Burger Time. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a dumb game. You just run around and you're like dropping, like there's like ketchup packets and mustard packets coming for you to kill you, and uh, you gotta like make a burger. So you're like running. It's like a level thing, kind of like the more the Donkey Kong game, and you like run. You drop the patty. You drop the tomato. You drop the lettuce. You drop the cheese. You drop the top bun, and you win. Dang. 
and you still you could work at Five Guys right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like it was training, early early child training. Right. Yeah, sponsored by McDonald's. Um, cool. Moving on, to the last question. Well, we can make this one pretty quick. Hey, podcast people of the podcast, whoever you are today, I was wondering what your PC peripherals, mouse, keyboard, headphones, and mic, and PC specs are. I know Pause's specs, and I wonder why he chose them. They seem a bit <laughs> overkill. 32 gigabytes. No such thing as overkill. No, there's no such thing as overkill. When you're rendering From videos Chile. and playing yeah, games and live streaming, there's no such my, thing. As my mate has four gigs of RAM in his, and he's convinced that's enough. And I keep telling him, no, what? no, you need more four RAM. Gigs. What? You need more RAM. And he's like, no, it's fine. It works fine. No I way. I have his borderlands, and he's like, so I, I actually am probably like the only YouTuber in the world that uses a laptop. Well, not the only YouTuber, the only gamer YouTuber in the world that uses a laptop as his main computer. My reasoning was that I wanted to be able to travel and still do all the same work with the exact same setup. But I have a pretty beastly laptop. It, it, the laptop weighs like 10 pounds, and then the power brick. It's so thick. Like, oh, God, yes, yes, yes. I can show you the power brick on the camera. If it, it's, it's humongous. Like, yeah, I've <laughs> yeah, got one like that. Like, I need a banana for scale, but yeah. <laughs> right. Stop Reddit. Don't worry. You don't need it. Oh, okay, good. Anyway, yeah. But yeah, I have 8 gigs of RAM, and it's, I still run out sometimes. Yeah, it's basically like that. Is that the, that looks like the Alienware one? No, this, this is a MSI one. Oh, got it. Uh, like I have thirty two gigs of RAM, and whenever I start rendering it, you know, all that RAM is is done. Like I, I need, I would prefer to have sixty four gigs of RAM, honestly. Between having like Photoshop, Premiere, uh, After Effects, uh, and then like recording software open, I am mm. normally easily at like twenty four gigs used. Um, and I had 16 before I had 32 and I, I was peaking all the time. Yeah. I think I don't know all my specs on my computer though. I think everybody's yeah, supposed I, to have my headset is. That's right. I actually have 16 gigs. That makes more sense. <laughs> my last one had eight gigs. Yeah. I use, I've always used these Sony headphones. Um, I don't know. They're the, the quote professional headphones. Um, Electronics, Gamecom. Yeah. How many monitors do you guys all have? I actually, I just started using my laptop screen as a third monitor. So I have three. On my gaming PCs, I've always kept it to just one monitor. Um, but then I always have other computers around. The other computer that normally sits over here broke the other day, so it's not there anymore. But I, I normally have two monitors on that, for instance. Um, so it just depends. But on my game, I like to have just one monitor because the, the, I always want the game like there. I don't know. Yeah, I have two yeah. 1440 monitors. Ooh, la dee da. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, I have one vertical monitor because, like, I like to have my chat. Like, whenever I live stream, I have, like, so many things open up. So yeah. it just makes more sense to have it vertically. Like, I have chat, I have my OBS, I have music. It's, it's pretty bizarre. But, I've been uh, looking to, because I've got two monitors, I've been looking to get another one because my, my yeah. second is like a 19 inch so I'm going to get rid of that and get a like a 27 and then my current one which is 24 I think I was going to do that move it vertical because it's on a, I, yeah like when, a, I'm, when I'm live streaming I you know I obviously have the game up on one and then all like you said all my other stuff on the other but sometimes I still want to like I don't know check Skype or whatever yeah you need one more so, so <laughs> I, yeah, I have that third monitor for just like everything else that I would normally have on my open on my, my dream is to get a third uh, one day yeah, because yeah, like right now, like one is taken up totally by Skype, and then I have you know the other one for for everything else. And whenever I live stream, 
like between like keeping the notification pane, I need a browser, the chat room, OBS, uh, Skype because I have a mod chat that I'm looking at. Like it just takes up everything and normally things are layered and I can't see everything and I miss stuff a lot. So yeah. I think that's why I like a second computer for that stuff. I don't live stream, but if I did, I would never have to worry about accidentally bringing something on the screen or anything like that because it's all on another computer. Plus, just its processing power is not interfering with my gameplay, I guess, too. Yeah, that's I true. Don't know. Right. A lot of people will actually use one to play the game and then output through HDMI and then yeah. another computer that's just dedicated to streaming, um, which is pretty cool. Do you have a stream PC, Pose? Uh, I'm working on getting one because even like even though my specs may look overkill, when you're live streaming, you're using a lot of resources, yep. and it ends up actually kind of making it very framey. I mean, the, well, there's two there's two parts, isn't it? You, you're playing the game, so you need the game to be running well. You need to be recording that as well, which then obviously takes up a load more resources. And then if you're rendering it, as Good says, it sucks all of your memory. Um, so you need to have a high spec machine. So. They're not really overspecced. Well, Goots is, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is that like I don't think a lot of people realize how much time it takes to encode a video. Like a thirty-minute LP is easily going to take forty-five minutes to an hour to encode, and then you have to upload that as well. Like, yeah. it's there can basically never be too much power for uh, someone who has to do this, especially if they're uploading multiple videos a day. Um, Goes back to the whole. You know, starting out YouTube, you don't realize how much work is involved mm -hmm. because, like, you, even though like record, like, it may look so easy, like twenty bit, like you said, you know, it may, it may record be, for twenty minutes and you're yeah, done. That just, mm. That's not it at all. You got to no. go edit. That takes like about no. thirty minutes. Then your internet is rendered useless because you're uploading for an hour and. Right. It's, oh, it's your, like, your sound sounds bad. Oh, get a new microphone. Oh, your sound still sounds bad. But why don't you buy acoustic panels for the wall? And it's yeah. like, yeah, well, they're hundred dollars each. And it's like, all of a sudden, it all I just mean, adds even up. just if you just take all of the jobs that you have to do, you have to be your own manager, your own talent, uh, social media. You have to title, describe, tag, publish, oh, then reshare your video. You have to be part of like these live stream, like. There's so much that goes into doing your own brand, basically. Mm -hmm. the, the, the whole once it's uploaded and going through it on YouTube and stuff, that thing just Thumbnails. kills. And, oh, I just hate it. it it's, it's the worst part. Yeah. I spent all day yeah. on Monday, putting, I think it was. Putting annotations to the other videos at the end yes. of the video. Yes. Having to change your old videos that said world record, and now you're not the world God, record. Yeah. Yeah. Former God. world record. Former you have to yeah. world record. all your videos. Yeah. Oh, man. It's the worst. <sighs> well, if you guys want to send us your emails, podcast at mindcracklp.com is the email address. That's podcast at mindcracklp.com. Uh, make sure there's podcast in the subject line, otherwise it will get filtered into oblivion, and we will never see it. Uh, so you make sure you do that. And with that, thanks everyone for joining. Yeah, thanks we'll for watching. See you listening. The next Minecraft podcast. <laughs> God, calm down. <laughs> there. Well, it was good. It's getting a bit dead at the end. But... <laughs>